Welcome back to Call Time with Katie Bierenbaum. I loved chatting last week with playwright Natalie Margolin, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did making it. I think you will be hearing a lot from her, but I'm so excited about my next guest, a true musical theater gal like me, someone with whom I've worked, the wonderful Haley Pachoon. Welcome, Haley. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Am I saying your last name correctly? Yes, you're perfect. Just sneeze, Pachoon. Okay, I think, because I think I remembered from one of the first days of Royal Family you explaining that, and it's really, like, stuck with me, so I'm that's, glad. That that, yeah, that's the trick. I mean, everyone has sneezed in their life, so they've said my last name. <laughs> as someone with a difficult last name as well, I, I, I feel the pain. And I always say, like, a beer and a bomb, so we both have some analogies that are, that are easy to... Oh, I love that one. Beer and bomb. Yeah, exactly. I know you do some of your own hosting, so the bar is set really high for me because of that. So I hope so far I'm doing okay, but I'll have to check in later and hear. You are nailing it. I don't have a podcast yet, so you're way beyond me. Well, soon to be. We got to get you a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> okay, good. Before we go on, let me do an intro to all that you do besides your hosting so my listeners can get to know you a bit better. Haley grew up in Kansas City, a place near and dear to my heart. As you and I have discussed, my dad is from there as well, but she made her Broadway debut at the wee age of 12 in The Sound of Music, and I'm pretty sure I saw that production, I think. From there, she began her long work with the show Hairspray, one of my favorite musicals, which I've discussed on the pod. She played Penny Pingleton in the first national tour and went on to perform in the movie with John Travolta and others and in the Broadway company. Her other Broadway credits include Sunday in the Park with George, Anything Goes, Something Rotten, and most recently, Hello, Dolly. We've had a lot of your Hello, Dolly castmates on the pod, as well as the Encores production of I Married an Angel. Haley also did the Wicked National Tour playing Glinda and has done the best of the best regional musical theater work, performing at Sacramento Music Circus, Paper Mill Playhouse, The Muni, The Old Globe, Goodspeed Opera House, and we even worked together at Barrington Stage. And as I mentioned before, the pressure is on for me because Haley is also a host, hosting <laughs> events, red carpets, and programs for Broadway Style Guide, and now for QVC, which is so cool. I want to start at the beginning, a very good place to start. You're not yes. the first of my guests who started as a child actor. So I want to go back to that. Was What was your first exposure to theater or dance? Was it theater? Was it dance? And then what made you say, like, Mom and Dad, I want to go do this for real, even though I'm a kid. Well, I think my my parents always tell the story that we were at the Starlight Theater in Kansas City, which is the smaller version of the Muni. And, of course, we saw Annie. I feel like everyone's story is they saw Annie. And they said I stood up on my chair and I pointed to the stage and screamed, like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> But I don't, rem I don't, I don't remember that. But I probably could have done that. So then they enrolled me in dance at the Miller Marley School of Dance and Voice in Kansas City, and Miller Marley was so great because they really made sure that everyone was well rounded. Like you, you don't have to take you know ballet, tap, and jazz, and all that stuff. But like if you wanted to be in their performing troops, the entertainers, and then for the smaller kids, it was the mini tainers. You had to take ballet, tap, and jazz. And then it was also kind of, I guess, appreciated if you were also, you know, taking a vocal class on the side. And then because everyone kind of got into that, then you started doing community theater in Kansas City. And then of course your school shows. So it just grew and grew and grew. And the studio was so great at training us to be able to do it all. So I really like thank them for everything that I've ever learned because they trained everyone so well. And if you meet anyone who's ever been on Broadway who's from Kansas, most likely they went to Miller Marley. <laughs> but I started working professionally in Kansas City when I was 10, and then 10 and 11, and then when I was in New York on spring break with my dance uh, company, my mom had heard through a friend at the studio that Sound of Music was having auditions and I should go. And it doesn't work this way at all, but this is how it worked for me. My mom called the casting office, Binder, and was like, we're in town, we want to audition. And they were like, okay, like it doesn't work. So I came in and I auditioned and they were like, great, can you come back next weekend? And so we flew back, me, my mom, and my dad, 
and they had me prep, I think, some sides and a song, like two different parts on the Sound of Music proper song because they were seeing me for a cover of Louisa and Brigida, and they sang two different harmony parts. So I sang that in front of the whole team, and this was for the tour of the Broadway company. And Jack Bowden from Bender Casting came out and told my parents, like, we need you to take her to the stage because we need to measure her. You know, the Von Trapp kids are specific. Gotta have the line, yeah. Gotta have it. And so that was my first time. I think, it, well, technically I went on stage during Cats at the intermission. You know, when, like, you could go pet old Deuteronomy. Is <laughs> yeah, that yeah. The old, the old one? Yeah, yeah, old Deuteronomy, yeah. <laughs> Great. So, but this was my first time on, like, a real Broadway stage. So they take me to the stage at the Martin Beck, which is now the Hirschfeld. They measure me on the proscenium. That's and so cool and old-fashioned. No one, no one auditions on the stage anymore, I feel like. No. And then they're like, great. And we got a fax underneath our hotel room that night saying, Haley is still in the running for the Broadway company. And I was like, what? Because they didn't tell me that I was in running for the Broadway company. They didn't want to tell me in case I didn't get it. And then they were like, go ahead and go home to Kansas. Like, we'll call you. And then they called me, I think, like, the next day saying, like, you're a fourth of an inch too tall. Because for kids, they have to give you growth room in your contract. So I didn't get it. And then a couple days later, they called and were like, nope, you start Tuesday. So it was just, like, right place, right time, right height, right age, right look. Like, all the things that Broadway is and are. Yeah, and that's how my long-winded answer of how I got into it. Where you're, you, we were discussing earlier, we're both only children and very close to their family. Were either of them in entertainment at all or were they just sort of like, well, this is this random thing our daughter wants to do. Let's support her. My dad's in sales. Like, I guess you could say that that's the most, like, yeah, entertainment, which has really come in handy for me with QVC. And my mom, she's artistic, but not, like, performative artistic. Like, she can literally make anything. She can make an insanely gorgeous quilt. She can ice the most beautiful cookies and cupcakes you've ever seen. She can, she painted the sets at my middle school and high school shows. Like, she can literally do anything, and I can't drastic figure so <laughs> I'm so I guess I'm a good combo of both and lovely no I'm, I'm the exact same way I think a lot of like performing arts people are terrible with with the visual stuff in my experience so you get cast in this Broadway show you move to New York I assume how, how does that work for a kid did your parents come with you then I assume you did that and then you went back to Kansas so what was that like were you like well I've done Broadway now so you know, I Get didn't talk way. about it much when I went back because I didn't want my friends at my studio and at my school to, like, be mad at me and be jealous of me. So I never talked about it. And I remember, so I was on Broadway when I was in seventh grade, and then I, the show closed. I only was able to do it the last, like, four months because the show closed while I was in the production. So I was closing company. My mom lived with me. We sublet an apartment in Worldwide Plaza and my dad would visit like every other weekend. So when the show closed, I was still auditioning for a lot of stuff in New York. So my mom and I would fly back, like almost I felt like it was every other weekend for a while. But I remember in eighth grade, we were doing Joseph. And I was the first narrator one. And Ryan Worsing, my fellow Broadway Kansan, was Joseph. And maybe we did one other show. Oh, Tom Sawyer. He was Tom and I was I don't remember some some other character. And I remember someone coming up to me because we've got to write bios. And I did not put that I had been on Broadway. And someone came up to me and they're like, is there something missing from your bio that you want to put in there? And I was like, nope, 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 nope. Didn't want to. I just like, I think that's another reason why like I, it's a little difficult for me to toot my own horn sometimes because of that moment in my childhood of like, I just still want to be friends with everyone and I don't want people to be mad at me because I got to do this really cool thing. You know, as a kid, it's hard. It was a hard balance. Totally. Yeah, I imagine. And so did you work the rest of high school, middle school, you were trying to be like a normal kid or were you like flying out to New York a lot, a balance of those two things? 
Yeah, I, well, we were flying out to New York all the time up until literally 9-11. So I had an audition in New York on the 10th, and we flew back and landed in Kansas City at midnight on the 11th. And I was supposed to go back that next weekend for my Into the Woods audition for the revival, and 9-11 happened, and my dad was like, no more. So from seventh grade until sophomore year of high school, I was in New York in and out all the time. And then I think it was my junior year of high school, I went back to working professionally in Kansas City. I worked at the same dinner theater where I worked when I was 10. And I did a play there during, during school. And yeah, I, they hired a, a standby, like one show a week performance person so I wouldn't have to miss Wednesdays during school. But other than that, I was still working. And then I would work during the summers, sometimes at theaters, but you know, then I also had like real jobs. Like I worked at this amazing pet boutique by my house and I don't know, like I worked at Longhorn Steakhouse as like a host. <laughs> Tippins High Pantry in Kansas City. So I still did like real things and I, I liked doing those things too. Yeah, I think it's so it's so important also to have like a reference point for life as an actor. Yes. So then tell me about Hairspray. I feel like that's the next big thing that happened in your professional career and obviously like a big, because you did so many iterations of Hairspray. So tell me how that important moment in your life happened. I was just talking about this with someone the other day. Hairspray for me was college. So I, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. I went to school for one year and then what would have been my sophomore year of college was Oh, where did you go? I just went to... A place that was not right for me. I went to the Boston Conservatory. I'm glad I got the job because for me personally, like I had no room to grow there. I felt like I loved my voice teacher. Like there were a few, like few things about it where I was like, this is amazing. But other than that, like it just wasn't for me. So I'm, I'm honestly really glad I got to peace. And also for my parents' pocketbook, like they saved them so much money. <laughs> Right. Well, if you're like working, I mean, the point of a conservatory, it's obviously good training and like good people if you're in the right program, but the point is kind of to work. And so if you're working, go work. Yes. And for me, as a freshman, I was in dance classes with juniors and seniors. I was the only freshman cast in anything. And I was like, where do I go from here? I still have three more years and I'm, you're putting me at the top of everything. So... And that's not tooting my own horn. That's literally just what happened. And I was like, I don't, what do I have to gain? So I'm glad that I got the gig. And I toured with Hairspray for what would have been my sophomore year of college. And I played Tammy and I covered Penny and Amber. And then at the end of the tour, I ended up taking over for Penny. Casey Levy, Casey was actually Tammy first and I replaced her as Tammy and she oh my got gosh. Penny. What and a legacy. I know. And my whole incoming cast was like, it was me, Aaron Tveit, Naturi Naughton, Amy Hilner. Oh my <laughs> like, God. I mean, it was stacked. It was so stacked. And then- well, it was um, first I was national like, tour, right? I mean, that's uh, crazy. I mean, that show is, it must've been just like such a special time. Yeah, and I had no idea. Like we knew at the time it was amazing, but like looking back, I mean, we all, and we all, as I'm saying, as like a Hairspray family, Broadway and tour, and even Canadian company, like, it truly is a family, and we all can see each other 10 to 15 years later, you know, plus, and it's like we've all still been together. It's, it's really amazing. But then when Casey got bumped to Broadway, there was like six weeks left on the tour. So the girl who played Brenda, Melissa and I, we kind of split the last contract of Penny for those last couple weeks. But I did get to play her, which was amazing. And I got to play her in LA, which is where I auditioned for the film. And auditioned for the film. And then Adam Shankman and his crew came to the show that night and then called me the next morning. This was after I had auditioned that, that day and called me the next morning and was like, I want you in my movie. And I was like, what? And me and Jesse Weefer, who played IQ on the tour, I think he played IQ in the movie too. I can't remember, I think he did. But we both did the movie and we were the only people at that time who had ever done Hairspray in any iteration. Wow. Um, and so the tour closed, I think I had a week off and then I went to Canada in Toronto where we filmed the movie. We were there for like six months. 
and I got a call from Craig Burns my first day on set to film saying, when are you done? We want you for the Broadway company <laughs> for Tammy. And I was like, I'm done like December 1st. They're like, great, you start the second. So <laughs> I literally like close up shop in Toronto, moved to New York with my suitcases that I had in Toronto and then lived with my girlfriend Worth who was the Amber on tour when I first joined. And I lived in her living room <laughs> you know, for a couple months. And then I moved to a different place and did Hairspray on Broadway for another year after that. So wow. it was sophomore, junior, senior year of college was the University of Hairspray. Wow. Yeah. So you're like 21 at that point and you've already done Broadway, national tours, and literally a movie. Did you, did you have like an awareness of how special that was at the time? Or were you sort of like, no, this is just like what happened? I don't know. I think I was just... I'm, I love to work, and so I just, like, I don't know. I don't know if I was fully aware. I think that's kind of how I am with any job. It's like, no, if you if you put in the work and, and you do a good audition and you train well, and so, like, you're, you should be getting the job. So I think it's, I, I guess looking back, it's like, wow, that's crazy. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like I worked really hard and... I'm just proud of myself that that happened at such a young age. You should be. I want to, you mentioned your dance background and obviously you were dancing a ton in these roles with Hairspray, but you are also one of those, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is you are one of those dancers that can also do the rest so well and you can play principal roles and you can sing and you can act and you can also dance. So my first question based on that is, of those, the three triple threats, is there one that, like, has your heart? Oh, God. I don't know. I guess, I mean, I, it's a it's a toss-up between singing and acting at this time. I have some, like, injuries from, I don't mm. know, like, six or seven years ago that are, like, really prohibiting me from dancing the way that I used to. But I also, my whole career has been so dance-focused with the work yeah. that I've done that... I don't want to dance anymore because I want people to see that I actually can do the other stuff. So when I am pushed to dance, I kind of am like, but I can do other things too, you know? So I like to pull it out as like a last resort. And and doing like Wicked for me was the first time I got to sing in my voice, like how I actually sing. And because of my energy and my dance abilities, I'm always going to be put as the the fun belter, which is fine. But, like, I just want to sing high and pretty. Like, I want to sing My White Knight. I want to sing, you know, The King and I. Like, I want to sing those high, beautiful, legit coloratura soprano. I don't want to do the other stuff. Even though the other stuff's really fun and you get the better yeah. costumes, but I just want to stand and sing and sound pretty. Damn, yeah, it's, it's, there aren't that many roles written for, like, a dancer track that's also a soprano. I'm trying to think of some. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to do Crazy for You a couple summers ago, and that was amazing. I have never done Peggy Sawyer. Yeah, um, it's more alto-y than you would think. As someone who played yes. her in a community production, it's very low. I'm, yeah. like, hope in Anything Goes is sort of like that. Yep. But, but that's, then there's like, well, then Hope's kind of like, wah, wah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I understudied Irma on Broadway, and I loved that. Like, that was a joy. But then there was a part of me where I was like, I just want to sing pretty, but I don't want to do those scenes, but I want to be fun and feisty. It's a, it's a weird mashup. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, anyone with a career as rich as yours has to sort of like reinvent yourself sometimes or like rebrand yourself, especially because this is a reality of the industry. We are pigeonholed and, and we are typed and especially from early ages. So you mentioned Wicked. Was that the first time where you were like, oh, I'm getting to rebrand. I'm getting to redefine myself and are you in one of those moments now like how are you feeling about the evolution of your type or your what you're searching for well I really feel like the first time I got to like be seen was when I did Chaplin that was the first time I've ever done a show 
from a workshop standpoint, bringing it to Broadway. I had done a lot of workshops, but I maybe hadn't continued with the show. And for Chaplin, Warren Carlyle like created the show on every single one of us in, in the show and our abilities. And it was the first time I was like really, really featured and like this principal role. And you know, he made the steps look good on me and what I could do. And then to like, then take the next step to go be Glinda right after that was like, oh my God, yes. But then I, I really had a hard time after Glinda because once you get out of the ensemble, again, this is my own trajectory. Like some people love being in that world and that's amazing, you can work forever. But for me as Haley, I wanna play Glinda. I wanna do that other stuff. But in the ensemble, you know, there's 10 opportunities for you. Where's right. Glinda, where's Glinda, that's it. The opportunities were smaller. So there were times like I had to take the ensemble contract because I needed to get money. Like I needed to be paid. I feel like I am slowly crawling out of that hole again, which it's hard. And then it's hard to be like, please just let me stand and sing instead of adding a dance step. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're do you're doing an amazing show in, in not a dance track right now, right? Or is it? Well, well, it's not a dance track, but they're adding a dance, but we're, we'll see. We'll, we don't know. I don't know if it's going to stay. All right. Well, we'll we'll stay tuned. This is Arena Stage. Catch me if you can. Stay right? tuned. Yeah. Come see stay the show. Tuned. Who knows what's going to happen? We're yes. so personal. We will see. Yeah. When I was interviewing Will Burton, your castmate from Hello, Dolly, he was talking about something similar where he was like, you know, I did all these dance ensemble roles and, and now I'm really trying to, you know, get that principle. And it's hard. It's hard to be seen differently and it's hard. I mean, you guys are such talented dancers. I even remember from Royal Family, people would be like, let's put in a dance because Haley is so right. good. Because but that show, like, that worked because that that family was so theatrical. Like, it made sense, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I get the, I get the frustration. How do you, when you're doing like a, like a stand and sing show, versus or you're doing just a dance show how do you keep the other stuff in shape like are you always in class acting voice lessons dance what's the vibe i laughed because i should be taking class but i don't but i do sometimes take my girl leslie flesner she has an amazing company with our friend barry busby that they formed called broadway imagined and she lets me come in and take her ballet bar it's over Zoom, and let me tell you, she gives an incredible bar. So I will take Leslie's bar class anytime. And it's ballet bar. It's not like, you know, like... Pure bar, pure yeah. Bar. yeah. I remember going to pure bar, and I was like, this will be like a ballet class. And I was like, well, no, very different. Yeah, you're like, why am I on a forced arch in a plie for like a whole song? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, yes, I do take voice lessons. Obviously not as often as I should. They're way too expensive. So I, I just can't afford them. But I've got recordings from past lessons on my phone and I try to sing them as much as I can. And I like watching people too. I think you can learn so much just from watching people. So I always trying to keep my eyes open whether I'm in a show or in rehearsal. Yeah, that's kind of how I attempt to keep myself up to date. Yeah, I think the watching other people is key because yeah. It, it, A, it sparks the joy, and B, like, you can learn so much from from your peers. And it seems like you're, especially your, like, college being hairspray, you're a person who, like, learns from watching and doing rather than necessarily, like, studying, quote-unquote. Yes, so. and my whole childhood, all I would do is watch the adults during their rehearsal, and I knew all of their lines. I knew everywhere that they went. Like, I just, I learned so much. So, yeah, I think that's maybe why it's continued with me. Do you have any professional goals for yourself for the next few years? I'd like to do more hosting. I love Tell us that about that. Now that we're back, this is a good yeah. this is a good transition. Tell us about how all of that My friend John was working with the guys at Broadway Style Guide and he he was staying in my place for a little bit when I was working at Goodspeed and I came back, you know, one day off and he was like, we need a host for this new thing that we're doing. And he's like, I know you want to do that. Like, would you want to like have a meeting? 
And I was like, yes. So I had a meeting How with Tony How did you know Barry. you wanted to do that? Like, because it, it, it seems like such a sort of random thing like how did you even put a name to what that was how did you know what I, that was yeah I grew up watching Joan Rivers on the red carpets and I was like well Love she's her. amazing like I idolize her any funny woman in comedy I love them I recently um, in the pandemic I watched the documentary about wow. her life so and good. it just like blew my mind I was never I always liked her but I was never like a huge Joan Rivers fan and then after that, I was like, I'm a fan for the rest of my life. I think she's incredible. She's like the workhorse of the century. I mean, she's unbelievable. So yeah, I always grew up watching the red carpets. And I was like, that would be fun. And so when this came out, I think I maybe told him too. I was like, well, because I think he said like, we're going to be focusing on red carpets. And I was like, well, you guys need a host, aka me. So then I had a meeting with Tony and I had done a lot of research like I knew that they were needing a host for the American Paris opening that's the first one I did and I went in knowing who was in the show everything about them what questions I was gonna ask and they were kind of like wow oh, wow we didn't know that this was you were so prepared and so they were like great let's try it and I learned a lot of things on the spot and I just loved it because it's a great combo of being in theater, even if you're, you know, hosting on TV, it doesn't matter. You're still like in front of a camera performing and like on the red carpet, you're wearing a costume, you're wearing a, a beautiful gown or whatever. But for me, I've been doing this for so long. I'm, I like playing myself. So that's why hosting's so fun, right? It's a combo of, I get to dress up and wear the costumes, but I get to be me. Yeah. I love that. And then how did QVC start? I feel like that was a pandemic thing or maybe just before QVC pandemic? was royal family. Oh my gosh. It's been, going, it's been going on for that long. Wow. So I, my agent knew that I wanted to be doing more hosting and he had heard that they were looking for full-time hosts. So you have to submit a video. So I submitted a video and then they were like, great, we want to have a callback. And I knew before going into Royal Family that I had this callback. So I had it like in my contract during a rehearsal day. I was like, I cannot be here this day because I had to go back to New York. So I remember I'd be practicing with like Arnie, Arnie Burton and Kathy Fitzgerald and everyone. And I was like, pull something out of a box and let me sell it for you. So I think one day I was like trying to practice on a tissue and they were like, sell this <laughs> tissue. And then I was selling like um, the baby carriage. I remember I sold the baby carriage just to practice anything because there's certain key things that you have to hit with QVC selling. So I had my call back during Royal Family and they really liked me and they were like, we love you, but you know that you have to move to Pennsylvania if you want this job. And I was like, yeah, I know. I just wanted you guys to really like me, but I'm not going to take a full time position. <laughs> I'm terrible. But they were like, well, why don't you try guest hosting? But that required a whole different set of auditions. Are you kidding me? Like, I already made it this far. Can't you just, you know, put me past to the next round? Yeah, yeah. So then I went back to the studio, which is in Westchester, PA, two different times to audition. And you're basically on set. And it was to audition. One was for like a fitness wardrobe company fashion company the other was just for guest host auditioning and then then they were like great you've been accepted into the guest host training so then i had to go back to the studio you're practicing with a real host you have a full day of training and then they're like okay you're approved and then you just go on a list and your name's on a list and you wait you could wait three weeks, you could wait five months, you could wait six years, and it's until a brand chooses you. My first brand that I represented was The Flex, and they are this Italian-based shoe company. And how it works is like The Flex goes to QVC and says, hey, we need someone who fits this type of criteria. This is the type of person we want for our host. Then QVC gives The Flex six or seven options of hosts and then the flex chooses who they want so you never know when you're being 
represented to the list, but I was with the Flex for a while and then they pulled themselves from the air. They just like weren't selling that well. They're a very expensive shoe brand for the QVC viewer. And then it was pretty soon after that then I then got picked up again by the brand I represent now, which is Zodiac. I don't know how I became the shoe person, but apparently I'm a great, <laughs> great shoe seller. Must be all those years of, of dancing, you got great feet. Yes, that's what they always say when they bring me on. They're like, Haley has been a dancer for years. I'm like, yep, I know my feet. Wow. Oh, that is so fascinating. And I guess you got your, your dad's salesmanship in there. Totally. So He's thrilled. I'm sure. And also, you are a person who have been working. You've been working professionally since you were 10, pretty much nonstop. I mean, you have, yeah. like, the longest resume of, like, anyone I know. And so at first glance, it's sort of like, oh, okay, this is a theater person who does all theater all the time. But this hosting, as you say, it's it's theatrical in its nature, but it's slightly different and seems like a different outlet. Have you found that to be refreshing, like a nice other outlet to put your energies in? Or do you find yourself being like, oh, got to get back to the theater? Or is it just a nice to have both? It is nice to have both because I'm finding like when I'm not doing one thing, I'm doing the other. So it's like I always have a fallback job almost. But I love hosting so much one, because I get to be myself, but two, it's a completely different side of my brain. It's like I'm in an improv class the whole time. So my ears have to be so in tuned and so open because if at any moment someone says something, I've got to be able to pull that. You're kind of producing on the spot. You've also worked, you know, in this industry for a while, your entire young and adult life. How do you think it has changed over the course of your career? Do you think it has changed? Yes, it's changed so much. I mean, there was no social media when I started. You know, I'm doing Catch Me If You Can right now at Arena Stage, and we did this really beautiful exercise one day of kind of like a getting to know you. And our director, Molly Smith, she would be like, okay, pretend that there's a map on the floor and I want you to go on the map where you were born. So if you were born in Kansas, stand here. If you were born in New York or Florida, stand there and you get in your groups and you start to learn about each other. Okay, now you have five minutes to kind of talk to each other and I want to talk, I want you all to talk about your similarities and what was great, what was bad about growing up there or being born there. And then, you know, then we do another thing and it was like, do you have siblings, blah, blah, blah. Then we did age range and it was youngest to oldest. And we started with the youngest and they started talking about their similarities and what their likes or dislikes are about that age group. And the younger kids, I remember one of our girls on the show, she was like, I post every day. And you could feel everyone on my side, which was the old farts. We all were like, oh my God, because that's so not in our blood to have to do that. But it's a completely different business now that, I mean, I'm, I'm posting, I try to post a lot because I feel I have to. Not like I'm really wanting to, but I'm like, well, gotta do a post today. Or gotta, I tried to make a reel the other day and I was like, I'm gonna do it today because I'm, I have a costume fitting and that will be something fun for people to watch. I'm halfway through my costume fitting. My phone is upstairs in the rehearsal studio. Like, I don't even remember that this is something I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, I remember when like the Grease Live was happening or the search for Elle Woods, like when all of that stuff was happening, I remember my community at the time in New York, we were like, well, I guess that's gonna be the next Link and Amber in our show. And sure enough, they were. And you know, it just, for me, I've liked, and I've really stuck by with, I want my talent to, I want my hard work to get me there instead of having to go on like a show to do it. But now I look back and I'm like, I should have been on one of those shows. I'd be further than I am now, you know? It's just the truth, it's it's wild. But yeah, it's just changed. Like, they ask you, how many followers do you have? And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, ask me to do something other than see how Does many followers. Does that make you hopeful about the future or cynical no yeah <laughs> no I, I i immediately say no but then you look on tiktok or something and there are funny people out there and people are really talented like it's a great way for people to be exposed 
but there is something about the Broadway community that I feel like all of us are so proud of why we're there that until you it's it's one of those things of like well why is a celebrity in our show but then you get to know them and you're like well it doesn't matter we're all humans and they're all actually really talented so I say no but then on the other hand I'm like well who cares like they're talented they should be seen so I take it back <laughs> I think the backbone of Broadway is and has always been the people that work really hard to get there and to put like hours and hours and their heart and soul into it. Yeah. And now there will be people who get roles because of followers or, or they were on a reality show or whatever it is. And sometimes they are quite talented, but I do think that Broadway is, is and will always be held up by the people that, you know, were in dance class since they were. Yeah. Three. Us true nerds, you know? Yeah. And keeping with the, the future question, do you have any advice for aspiring actors who may be listening? I mean, I, when I teach, I always say to my students, just do everything that you can. If you have the opportunity to be on the crew or be a stage manager or work in the wardrobe, work in the wardrobe department, like please do that because you learn so much about how a show is put on, but you also might find that you really love doing something else more. Like I remember in middle school, I couldn't be in one show because I had like a ballet commitment. So I did lighting for our musical and I choreographed something. And I was like, this is awesome. And then for in high school, our rep theater company, you know, you're not in every show because we do like 12 shows throughout the year. So there was one show, I can't remember what, it, oh, the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridge, that's what it was. You know, it's like three or four guys. And I remember I was like the stage manager and the wardrobe girl just back behind giving the boys all their different hats and helping them get their costumes on. And I was like, this is awesome. I loved it. And then just taking as many classes as you can because you have the time to do it before you have to go earn a paycheck. You know, like this is your opportunity to learn and figure out what you want. So I just say, if you get an opportunity to do anything, just say yes and try it. I think that's really good advice. You mentioned choreographing and earlier you mentioned producing. Do you see either of those things or directing in your future someday or not really? You just always want to be the performer. I do not want to be the choreographer ever. I'm terrible. I love that. I love I that. Horrible. I'm horrible at it. But what I am really good at is editing. So like I can be an associate because I don't want to make up the steps, but what I can do is make them better and edit them. I'm good at that. Mm. Directing, no bueno, like no thank you. Let someone else do that. I don't want to have all the answers. But producing, I, I think television producing would be fun. And I say that because I also sometimes work as a casting producer for reality TV. Who knew? Wow. I know. It's just a bag full of tricks, honey. So that's fun because that's using the side of my hosting brain because I'm having to listen for certain things that people say, oh, that's a fun sound bite or that would be a fun storyline. And I really enjoy doing that. Did you fall so, into that? Is that like, are all these other jobs like financially I got to make it work or were you seeking these other sides of your brain stimulation and the, and the paycheck is just sort of a fun bonus? Casting producing happened the beginning of the pandemic. I literally wrote every single person I knew who had a real job and I said, what can I do? I have a gorgeous spreadsheet of like all these jobs that my friends were like, you could do this and this is what you need to do this and get on LinkedIn. I mean, I was balls to the wall becoming a muggle. And my friend who works for MTV, she told me to email her casting person who she hires a lot, Lauren. And uh, she was like, email Lauren. So I emailed Lauren. This was like March of the Pandy. And Lauren was like, I don't have anything right now, but email me in September. So I emailed her in September of 2020 and I just never heard back. And I was like, okay. So I got another job. And then Lauren emails me early January of 2021. She's like, I have a gig. 
I get to hire my own team. It's 16 weeks. Here's the rate. Are you in? I've never met this person. And I'm like, yep, because this, I wanted to do it so badly. So I started that February of 2021, work from home. And it's awesome. I just got to interview people on Skype all day. And then, you know, I had certain questions I had to ask them, but I'm also producing it at the same time because if they say something fun, I'm like, ooh, tell me more about that. Why do you have a pool in your backyard, you know, that's shaped like a turtle? Like, why, you know, what about that? And I loved it. And then I got to be on set for a day for the show that we were working on and she Can now- Can I ask what the show was? Yes, it was Cash at Your Door on E! with Jason Biggs. It was so much fun. And then we've done other shows since. And I, funnily enough, was cast on a show that we were casting on MTV. It was a show about standums. So I was trying to find people who were big fans of like Mariah Carey, Backstreet Boys, Britney, NSYNC. And we wanted to find people well, who Well, you're the biggest up. Britney stan I know. Yes. So we wanted people who had turned rooms, though, into basically like shrines. Right. And I was telling my boss, I was like, Lauren, this is my most favorite project because I'm just getting to meet fellow nerds like me and I'm getting to see like people who have Britney merchandise. Like, what do they have that I don't have? Or I'm like, oh, I have that, you know, but mine's not like out. Like these people have, I mean, it is gorgeous what they have out. I'm in awe. And Lauren's like, I want you to make a video. I was like, I don't have the amount of stuff that they have. She's like, I don't care. So I made a video and they liked my reaction of why Britney is so important to me is because she's really inspired me as a performer. And so I got chosen to be on the show and <laughs> they came to my house, they staged the whole thing. So they took all of my memorabilia and like put it all over my house. There was a part, I was like- So like normally if I went to your house, it wouldn't be like Britney everywhere. No. No, but you would be like, oh, there's that Britney pillow. And then after a while, you start to see little things here and there. You're like, wow, Tasteful. you have a lot of Rolling Stones magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a part where I was like, do I leave all this up? Because I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> also in the pandemic, I feel like we were all, if, if any of us lived alone, we were just like making it whatever we ourselves wanted and what made us yes. happy. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I got cast on that and... I just love the sh projects that she works on because we just get to meet really cool people. And I'm really thankful for that job. And she's the greatest boss I've ever worked for. I love her so much. That's so amazing. Can I ask what your answer is to that Brittany question? Like, how does she inspire you as a performer? Yes! You know, for me, it was... It was her shows that she put on. Like, she is a performer of all aspects. She can sing. She can sing, people. Go back and listen. She can sing. She can dance her patootie off. And we all saw Crossroads. I mean, it was perfect. She's a beautiful actress. But it was just something about, like, just the shows that she put on. I just, I cannot handle how amazing they are and how much she brought at every performance. So... If I'm ever having a low day at the show, I'm like, we're going to do it for Britney today. And I really pull up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, that's something we haven't touched on either. That like when you're in a Broadway show, as as we know, and as I've discussed on the pod, you got to pull it out eight shows a week on the dot. Do you ever have trouble with that and have to like pull it out of somewhere? Or do you love the the repetition of that process? Oh, God, no. I mean, it's, <laughs> no, you, you get tired, right? It's yeah. eight shows a week. But I always, I try to look for one person in the audience mm. and I just say, okay, I'm going to do my show for that person tonight. And that's I love that because I think as an audience member, like I often, when I see a big musical, will pick one person in the ensemble to watch the whole time. So it's like a fun reversal of that. Yeah. Yeah, I it just, it, it, it helps me get through it. And then, you know, especially doing Wicked, we got to meet a lot of people after. And you really remember that you kind of do have the best job because you are making that one particular person's evening, whether it be they're celebrating something or they're getting over something or they've never seen the show or they've seen it 500 times. You just kind of have to remember those things and then it 
inspires you. And, you know, in your hosting, you do the same thing, it seems like, because you, you find it's all about the connection. You're, whether you're on a red carpet, you're finding the person, making them feel special, and hopefully in QVC, what motivates them to buy the product? It's feeling like you are reaching out over the screen and connecting with them. So there's definitely a wow. through line. I want to end with my ending segment, which is the thank you five segment, which is five rapid fire questions. So just answer first thing off the top of your head. Firstly, this is a two-part question. Your favorite song in Hairspray to sing and favorite song in Hairspray to dance. Oh my God. Uh, uh, Favorite song to sing? Well, I would say like as Penny, it was Without Love. And then my favorite song to dance, I'm gonna go with Nicest Kids in Town. Oh, so fun. Oh, that yeah. show is unbelievable. I teach hairspray all the time. I don't know how I did that show for so long and sang while I was dancing. I mean, if you want a really good cardio workout, like I should just turn on that cast album and just dance and attempt to sing. Oh, because it, it's completely. so hard. When I went to theater camp, they would make us like do jumping jacks and sing You Can't Stop the Beat to like yes. get our adrenaline up and build stamina. It's it's very difficult, I remember. What was the you may you maybe sort of answered this already, but what was your what was the best thing in your view about playing Glinda? Oh, there's so many. I think singing the songs. And then, you know, and then like the hate, the real Haley and me is like, I got to wear those costumes. Like, I, come on, I got to be in a bubble dress with glitter and like sequins. I loved it. Well, that was my next question for you because I know that you're a girl after my own heart and you love the clothes. This is probably tough, but do you have a favorite or a couple favorite costumes that you've ever worn? Yes, 100%. I can, this is the easiest question I've ever been asked. <laughs> I, I, this is a whole nother pod. Glinda bubble dress. Amy Clark made me my most favorite dress I think I've ever worn in Chaplin. It was my Mildred Harris dress and it has now, I've worn, now worn it twice. I wore it in a show that Warren Carlyle created for me and Jared Grimes called Carefree. And then Alexandra Sosha got to wear it. She wore my dress in Mac and Mabel at City Center and it's just all sequins it's silver and the way it turns is insane and it's so outrageous and then when i did l in legally blonde at the arvada center mondo from project runway was our costume designer and he basically designed me as a living brat doll so every costume from that was incredible just pink and loud and crazy that is so fun wow i have to look up pictures of that what is the craziest thing that's happened when you've been hosting on the red carpet? I mean, interviewing Andrew Lloyd Webber for <laughs> School of Rock was really funny because I'm trying to talk about like, oh, I love your tie. Like, tell me about this tie. And he's like, he could not have cared less. <laughs> he like wanted to run away from me so hard. It was really funny. And then one moment, I don't know why it's sticking out, but I was doing the red carpet for Fun Home. They had told the whole press line to wrap up like the show was very late in starting and Sutton walks by and we had done anything goes together and I screamed I was like Sutton and I literally just wanted to say hi to my friend and I'm holding my microphone and she's like oh my god hi and she sees that I'm holding this microphone so she comes over and I'm like the only one who got an interview with her that night um on the pre-show red carpet so I was like oh it's it's nice to be like a, a real friend with people instead of like press friend you know what I mean like a, a show friend. So that was kind of putting those dual dual skills to good use. They all Yes. Yes. They all I got sometimes I think better interviews because of that. Oh, definitely. Well, even in like I obviously am like a religious watcher of, you know, the E red carpet situation for every awards show. I love award shows. I think I'm similar to you in that way. And you can tell when the person doesn't isn't is a unfamiliar with the host or b like doesn't really care for them and you can tell when they're at least friendly ish outside of the context of this like weird fake award show so yes everything better and you're like it makes you like the mayor of broadway effectively which you are totally which a lot of people have called me that the mayor of broadway and then i'm also the mayor of the muni i earned that oh hold on my dog's jumping up 
No worries. I earned that nickname last summer at the Muni, the mayor. So I'm very proud of my mayor, mayoressness of that, Broadway. Those are and some big Muni. titles. Mayor of Broadway, Mayor of the Muni. That right? is, those are huge shoes. I know, Damn. I got to keep telling them myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my last, my last thank you five, do you have a dream role or dream roles? I mean, I would like to play Roxy in Chicago. I've never even auditioned for it on on the Broadway. I was supposed to play it in Kansas City at the dinner theater where I grew up, and then I got something rotten on Broadway. I oh would my like god! To I thought you went in high school, and I was like, whoa, whoa! Could you imagine? No, this was as an adult. I would like to graduate to Maria in The Sound of Music, oh. and then. I really have played a lot of my dream roles, but I like to do them again. Like I've played Ellen Legally Blonde, but like, let's do that again. I've played Peter and Peter Pan, but I would spend the rest of my life doing that. I got to graduate to Linda in uh, Holiday Inn. I would do that every year for the rest of my life. That'd be so amazing. And then Glinda, like you can't get better than those. And they're meaty enough that as you get older, you can come and bring new things to them, I think. Yes, yes. And I think that's what's really cool about all of those roles. Like, revisiting any of them now, they would never be the same as what I did before, which is really fun. So fun. Well, Haley, this was fantastic. Do you feel like there's anything I missed or anything you want to, like, plug? No, come see Catch Me If You Can at Arena Stage. It's really fun. Uh, it's in the round, which is fun and cool. And I think they've done a really great job of staging it for that. But I'm so not like, I'm. I when I talk to people, I like asking them about them. So I feel like I've talked too much and I'm like, but I wanna, I wanna talk about you and all, That's all of the your- gig. We'll have to, we'll have to get an off air cocktail in order to, yes, in order to we do that. To. Well, it was such a pleasure. I loved hearing more about you and, you couldn't tell. I just, I admire Haley so much as a performer and she does it all and it's just the best. And I love someone who is like unafraid to be bubbly and fun and effervescent because I think they're great qualities and people don't always let them shine. So I love that Thanks, about you. Um, you. Thank you, Call Time listeners. As always, I love hearing from you guys. So DM me to let me know what you like, when you, what you want to hear more of. We have another amazing guest next week, soon to be announced. And thank you so much, as always. Bye.